Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Trana. Thanks so much for listening. Good episode today. We have Don Vanata from ESPN on the show to talk about a new ESPN uh, sort of documentary that is airing this Sunday on LeBron James and the Decision. It's called Backstory the Decision and investigates everything that went into the LeBron James ESPN collaboration where he announced he was leaving the Cavs for the Heat. Uh, Don Van Atta is the host and the reporter on it and um, really enjoyed talking to him about it. We also talked about other things, uh, sort of the state of the sports world with Corona going crazy everywhere and a little bit of uh, a little bit about Bubba Wallace, got into a little bit about Dr. Fauci and his comments about sports. So we covered all of that with Don. Um, it's been a rough week, I got to say. I, this was a hard one to do just because I feel like the focus right now is on everything that's bad and in sports, you have, like I said, the Corona is going crazy. People don't want to wear masks. Novak Djokovic, just a complete dope hosting a party. Um, the Bubba Wallace situation with people just reacting in, in a horrific way, as usual. Um, just horrible people fighting about things constantly on Twitter. Got to stay away from Twitter. That's really what the point is. Um, so I tried to pull it together. I apologize. But uh, Don was great. And um I'm really looking forward to the decision. I think that's going to be uh, interesting. Everyone sort of has their feelings on LeBron. So I think a lot of people are going to watch. I think it'll do well for ESPN and uh, will be a good watch. If you missed any previous episodes of the Sports Illustrated Media podcast, go into the archives. Please check them out. 
Andrew Marshan from the New York Post was on last week, along with Arash Markazi from the LA Times. Arash uh, gave us a little scene setter from Las Vegas, where he was for about a week, maybe 10 days. And then, of course, you know, we're seeing things happening there with Corona. So it was a great uh, update from Arash there. And Andrew Marshan and I went through some sports media news that's going on. Nate Burleson was on the pod two weeks ago, Aaron Andrews three weeks ago. So check those out. Download, listen, subscribe, rate, review. It's all appreciated. You have nothing to do right now. You have nothing but time on your hands. So download and rate and subscribe. Make me very happy. Get me out of my funk. All right. I got out of it, though, for Don Vanetta. It's a good, good interview and a good podcast right here. So we're going to get right to it right now. Don Vanetta from ESPN on uh, LeBron James, The Decision. Okay, joining me now, senior writer, best-selling author over at uh, ESPN and the host of Backstory, which I am looking very forward to this week because it covers LeBron James and the decision. And he's Don Vanatta. Don, how are you? Doing great, Jimmy. How are you? Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Um, I I, I, I got to be honest. Uh, I am looking very forward to Backstory, the decision this Sunday at 9 p.m. Um, very excited to talk to you about it. I think the decision is one of those things that uh, Every sports fan still has some feelings about, but I got to say just the, the overall just insanity of this week. I I was like, you know, I don't, I I don't even want to tape a podcast this week. I cannot (laughs) believe this, what's going on in the sports world this week with, you know, you have all these cases of Corona popping up. And then of course you have to deal with Corona truthers who say it's not a big deal because you know, like who cares if people get it totally not factoring in that it could spread and then old people can die and somehow, you know, old people are allowed to just go and no, it's not a big deal. Novak Djokovic was having his stupid party and then you have the yep. whole bubble wall. I mean, this has been, I don't know if you feel this way. I was curious because I was like, oh, Don's a good, I, I, whoever I had on this week, I won't be like, are, are they having a rough, as rough a time dealing with this week as I am? Absolutely. It, it, no, it's hitting me. We have 5,500 cases Today in Florida, I live in Miami, and it, oh. every day it goes up, uh, it spirals upward. And I was in Naples this weekend, and almost everywhere I looked, you know, the mask on, I'm social distancing, I'm being very careful. People run around without masks, and it's it, it. People are not taking it seriously. All the things you said, I mean, to equate this with the sniffles, as we've heard is mm. ridiculous and outrageous. So yeah, it, it has been, it's been tough. Look, we're all sick of it, but to because we're sick of it, to sort of wave the victory flag over something that clearly uh, is, is got a lot of, uh, a lot of kick in its engine, uh, it, it seems insane to me. And the crazy thing, so you're in Miami where in Florida, it's really getting bad. And I'm here in New York where we went through our roughest patch and we're on a really good, downslope with it and that was even after having you know massive protests and which i think sort of shows that um you're much safer outside than inside but i'm not a scientist so uh, you know it's just my own opinion but the fact that our numbers have still gone down even after we've had the the protests um go on i think and and most of the people here if, if you're in new york and you see the footage most people are wearing masks the masks are obviously the key and then but for some reason you have this portion of the country who thinks the masks are just infringing on their rights. It's, you know, it's like where I am too. I'm on Long Island, um, in Long Island, on Long Island, people get mad if you say either one. So I don't even know which one is the correct (laughs) one anymore. Um, But we're, we're in phase three now where restaurants are opening. We have the barbershops open, nail salons are open for people who want to do that. 
the stores are now, you know, the retail stores, Best Buy, et cetera, that stuff's open. So like we're opening up and our numbers are great, but you go on Twitter and it's like every five minutes, it's like Florida, this Texas, this Arizona, this, and now we're starting with the players, you know, Charlie Blackman of the, of the Rockies and, you know, Von Miller had it and I've heard he's still struggling with it. And, um, the golf now today on Wednesday, the golf is, and, and like I, said, I mentioned, Djokovic, it is, it's, it's just amazing that all you need to do is wear a mask and instead we're, people are putting ourselves in this position. Yeah. And Jimmy, it's not a coincidence that the 20 states that have all spiked, uh, in the last couple of weeks are the states that, uh, basically opened up over Memorial Day weekend. I mean, I think we're seeing the consequences of that in Florida, Texas, Arizona, places where the mask wearing has not been taken seriously, nearly seriously enough, of course. And I keep thinking about Arizona too. Remember, if Rob Manfred had his way, uh, we would have had baseball around now in Arizona. Remember, that was a plan just a couple of months ago. And and Arizona is spiraling. And you can imagine if that plan had... uh, taken root and that would have happened, you know, how awful that would have been for MLB It probably would have no season. So, you know, that elongated process probably worked to MLB's advantage, but I don't believe we're going to see baseball. I I really don't. I, I I don't want to be so cynical. I love baseball, Mm. but you know, it, until that first pitch is thrown on July 23rd or July 24th, I'm not going to believe that baseball is back because it's going to be just so difficult for, you know, to travel and particularly in the West, the, the West Coast teams, the central, the teams, you know, beyond the Mississippi, they, they've got to travel a lot. And even just with 60 games, that's a lot of risk taking that's going to be done in a very short period of time. And it's interesting because in my opinion, uh, and I'd love to get into this for a little bit, just for, you know, um, I think baseball can be okay because it's going to be outside. And I think baseball is a sport where, the players don't need to be on top of each other. Now, the NBA, they're going to be indoors, yeah. and they're sweating all over each other for two and a half hours. I, I think the NBA is the one that's going to have the bigger issues. No, you, you could be right. Uh, you're probably right. Uh, yes, it's close quarters. They're uh, hunkered down in, in, in one place. And, of course, the, su- the support staff are not going to be quarantined, from what I understand. Right? They're going to mm. be out in the community, and they're going to be in the community – as we've been talking about, Florida is spiraling with 5,500 new cases right. just today on Wednesday. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think the NBA probably uh, the odds are uh, are are much tougher for the NBA to get through the whole thing. But but even baseball, I I just think that uh, you know we're, look where I saw somebody use the verb bull rush for the NFL. The NFL is trying mm-hmm. to bull rush through COVID. I think all mm-hmm. the major sports are trying to do that. I think it's a great verb that describes it. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed, but the odds are really steep that we're going to get through any of these seasons. It's funny you say that because here we are talking about, you know, you mentioned MLB, I mentioned NBA, and the NFL has seemed to basically been the one league that's been able to skate through covid Pretty, you know, their draft got into, you know, weren't able to have the draft in Vegas, but then they put it on TV and ESPN had bonkers ratings for it. And they've been able to really, I think, fly under the radar. And who knows what's going to happen with the NFL. But I, I said this, I think I said this on the podcast last week with, with Andrew Marshall, maybe. The one that no, I shouldn't say that no one's talking about. That's that's not true. The one that's getting, I think, the least amount of attention that will end up being the most fascinating one in all of this will be college football because of the differences in every state. I mean, I think that 
if Alabama played a football game today, 80,000 fans would show up without masks and be ready to go. <laughs> yes, um, for sure. And I won't make any other derogatory statements about the people in Alabama. But then, you know, you have states like you mentioned where, you know, in Texas, you know, are where they're now, you know, the governor there is basically telling everyone they need to wear a mask. So I don't know what – college football, I think, is the one where – we as a collective, you know, I hate the media, but the media is sort of, we're, fa- we're so focused, I think, on MLB and NBA and NFL. I think college is going to be a complete shit show. Absolutely. It will be. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't know how uh, a place like a single college, if it has a, a team that has an issue in the Big Ten, you, you, hypothetical, Michigan has a problem. A lot of players have covid what happens to the Big Ten if they're trying to if they're trying to play through with it just a single team? It's running through, and the previous week, you know, they had played Penn State. You know what what happens? You got you right. got to you got to shut it down, and and you're going to have obviously you know some regionalism plays into this Co- college football. I just I'll be stunned if we see anything close to normalcy. I've heard Paul Feinbaum's you know quite cynically say he just doesn't think we're going to have an, uh, anything close to a normal season. You'll have a lot of uh, leagues that are are just maybe have abbreviated games and then give up or, or not play games at all. Uh, because of course, every college is, is approaching it differently. I've got two daughters in college. My youngest daughter is, is going to Fordham as a, as a freshman. Fordham is dealing with it differently than my oldest daughter who goes to Boston university, her, her university. So in, in how they're, in how they're planning for the fall. So every school is different. Uh, every uh, conference is going to be different. And, and I agree with you, Jimmy, it, it has sort of flown under the radar screen of what college football is going to be like, um, and uh, but more likely than not, we're not going to see uh, we're not going to see too many college football games this fall. Unfortunately, yeah. I, I, I yeah, I mean, I can see the SEC playing their own sort of conference and tournament, and no one else yep. playing at this point. Yes, because yeah, yeah, that's crazy. that's the most likely thing. Absolutely, yeah. the SEC the SEC will bull rush through the way the NFL is trying to bull rush through uh, COVID. Um, and remember, you know, there was all this discussion. The summer is going to be better, right? Things are going to turn around once we get out of the, the winter and spring months and and half the country is spiking uh, as we're heading toward July 4th, which is just I, really I, I think that I think to get to your first question, Jimmy, that's why it's mm-hmm. I'm feeling like you. I mean, it's it's depressing, like enough already. Like this is supposed to be the lull and it's this bad. Like, what's it going to be like in October and November? But what, the- what's depressing matter for me is the reaction of people who don't want to wear masks because of their quote unquote freedoms or, you know, the video, the constant barrage of videos of an old guy pushing a, a, a worker at Walmart out of his way to get into the store without a man. I mean, this is what, and people, you know, Novak, Novak Djokovic, who doesn't believe in vaccines, which, okay, fine. But then he has to have a party with nobody yeah. wearing masks. I mean, the stupidity and the ignorance it wears you down when it's constant, nonstop, every day. And even Dr. Fauci, who you cannot create, if you were a fiction writer, a more benign figure, right? A, a guy who just wants to help people be healthy. That's why he's here. He's been doing it since the Reagan administration. There's a target on him. People can't stand him. They don't want to, a, a lot of people in this country, they don't want to hear anything he has to say. And he, all he's doing is trying to help us. Well, I'm sort of in that category now. He lost. He he lost really? me recently. And, and, and well, here's my t- listen. I I think he is like I think he's very benign. I think he has nothing but good intentions. I don't think he, I I think he wants to do the right thing. And my issue with him is I think he should. He his problem is that Trump cut him off, so now we don't see Fauci right. at briefings. Yep. And 
my issue with my only issue with Fauci really is I, I think he should stop the interviews or get the, the flip flopping. And it, it might not even be flip flopping because, listen, like people got on him because in March he said, you don't need masks, you know, but wear gloves because it could come from surfaces. Now, I believe that was his honest ass- assessment. And in then researching more about Corona, things changed. They learned different things. And then it became about the mask. That is a legitimate. I have no issue with this. My issue with Fauci is, you know, he does an interview with one sports outlet and it's, uh, you know, football, no problem. Then it's football can't happen. Baseball should. They, he, my issue with Fauci specifically about the sports things. He's he's been all over the map with it. And. It's that's I want to hear Fauci about Corona and what we need to do about the coronavirus. His opinions on the sports stuff. I would less interviews might be better for him. There there has been some mixed messaging. Look, there's been mixed messaging from the administration all over the map. And that's a big problem. Right. I mean, right. Well, there's no leadership. There's no it's ultimately there's no leadership. Right. And 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 I hear you on Fauci. He has contradicted himself, but it certainly seems lately he's been more consistent just with his cynicism and with his warnings about whether we'll have football or not, whether Major League Baseball can play in October. Um, it, it's been more of a drumbeat of doom when it comes to sports from Fauci, at least from what I've heard in the last couple of weeks, Jimmy. And and, and yeah. a lot of people in this country don't want to hear that. So sports fans have certainly turned on him or many of them across the country. Uh, and, and again, my view of him, as you say, he's got the best intentions. Has he been a perfect communicator? No. But as he's learned information too, uh, you know, he, he's certainly the voice of cynicism um, from the administration when there's very few of those. I think we can right, agree on I, that. You know, it's- yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I again, I think part of the problem is that because he, I mean, listen, I think the guy should be on TV every day, even if it's just for 10 minutes, giving us a Corona update. Um, and then maybe that would sort of then take him off some of the interviews where then we get some contradictions. You know, yeah. I, I think he's great from the same like he, when it comes to the virus, what we need to do, how the vi- how the you know, didn't he say? um Oh, then he was saying at one point he said he's not sure there would be a second wave. It's the speculation, I guess, that yes. I have, you know, wait, he came out once and said um, we may never shake hands again. That's the stuff I would maybe pull back on and stick to just the facts of the virus. But I don't think it's a malicious thing on his part. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he can't go out there and say what he wants to say. And, you know, and then he ends up doing these interviews and he's doing so many of these sports interviews. He's on every single platform, it seems like. And it, it, it might be just like a less is more situation. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And uh, and, and I, I do think the mixed messaging um, has certainly rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And he, he doesn't say no to an interview. He's everywhere. <laughs> and he and he and he does. You're, you're right, Jimmy. He he will speculate if he's asked, well, do you think there should be Major League Baseball in October? He says no. He, you know, there's really no filter right. sometimes with him. Right. right. And and so, yeah, it's frustrating for sports fans to hear those kinds of projections. But all I mean to say is, you know, his job is to get us through this. And right. I think we sometimes forget that because certain things he says, we just don't want to hear in the moment. And again, not his fault. But if he does yeah. an interview and says, you know, he doesn't think baseball gets through October, the sport fan then in their head says, OK, well, then what about the NFL? Because the NFL is being played in October. So now there's no baseball. There's no, you know, it it just leads to more sort of anarchy, I think, when he when he does that stuff. But again, I, I don't think it's. I think he's extremely well-intentioned. I think it's just sort of a media PR issue that, you know, it'd be nice if they can get it straightened out. But, of course, he can't because his boss is a lunatic. Um, (laughs) I mean, it's just the way it goes. 
Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? Uh, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. I'm just curious. I I don't want to get into a whole thing about Bubba Wallace because I, I just at this point, no one, no one listens and everyone sort of, but I'm just curious from your standpoint, because I mean, you're an investigative reporter. That is your title. You're an investigative reporter. So for you, everything is about facts. That's what it's all about. Facts. And, and with me, with this story, the fact that it's being spun, that he's a Jesse Smollett or whatever the, that guy, you know, and the, implication that he was the one who report he didn't report anything he had nothing to do and there are people who refuse to just deal with the facts which is he did not report this he did not start this investigation this was not his doing and now he's getting the blowback when you see this i I can't imagine i mean for me it makes me like it it makes me want to not do work it makes me want to just go away for someone like you whose whole job is whole job is based around investigative reporting i can't imagine what the frustrations you go through when you see this nonsense it is it's 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 extremely frustrating because as you say when on sunday night it was announced there was going to be an investigation immediately i noticed on social media channels particularly on twitter there were people that said, well, it absolutely has to be a noose because of the history with NASCAR and everything else. And then you had a lot of other people that immediately said, oh, no, 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 it's it's absolutely a, 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 a small situation, right? It was one or the other. People right, were siloed right. immediately. And looking at it, it's like, 
wait a minute, there's going to be closed circuit television. There's going to be an investigation that's going to find the facts. Let's not jump to the conclusions. And what often happens is, you know, Jimmy, within a minute or two, people make up their minds with no facts whatsoever. And this is a perfect example of it. All they know is an investigation of something, of an object and how it got there. And they instantly make up their mind about what it is. They, for 24, 48 hours, keep banging that drum. And then when we find out what the result is, the people that were right are going to say all the people that were wrong had all of these horrible motives. And and it's it's always about my hot take being right or your hot take being right or wrong. And that's where all of these arguments are about. And so as an investigative reporter, yeah, I mean, you, you deal with facts. Let's let's wait to see what the facts are and 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 move forward from there. And we so rarely do that in this country. And as you know, we rarely click the stories. People don't read the stories. They read the headlines. They react to the hot takes on Twitter. Very, very few pe- people click through and read every word of a long-form story that delves deeply into some subject to try to understand it. And 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 we bring our biases to it. I don't even think I, I don't even think it's about my take is right, my take is wrong. I think it's just about how much attention can I get. And I've got a phone ringing here. Let me just. That's okay. Just Let it ring. Yeah, I'm not going to answer it. Just give me one second. Uh, all right. Is it Le- is it LeBron <laughs> wanting to see if how, no. how bad the decision, how bad backstory is going to be? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, okay. Say that again, Jimmy, because I you, you make a good point. Yeah. It, it, well, it is it is hot. It is the sort of. It's not know, even my, like they, I don't think people care if their take is right. They just want the attention for the take. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's yeah. it's certainly it's about getting attention and building your brand and yelling the loudest and and right. getting the most right. followers and likes and clicks and all of that. Um, but you know, let's feel really good that this is not what it was thought to be Sunday night, right? Let, right. Th- this is this is actually wonderful news that should be celebrated, and instead, the wonderful news becomes this sort of venue for a lot more yelling and screaming and questioning people's intentions and motives. Um, you know, I saw my colleague, you know, Will Kane, you know, coming down very, very hard on journalists and the media and saying, you know, we don't deal with, you know, most of us, I, I hope he doesn't include me in that category, but he might. He's like, most of us in the media don't deal with facts. Well, well actually, some of us do. Some of us do actually spend well, a lot of time, think- you know, being meticulous and trying to find out what the truth is and what the facts are, uh, and don't jump to instant conclusions. Uh, and it, it, w- you know, which sometimes Will does, you know. So um, it, it's uh, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to be a journalist in in this day and age when uh, the noise surrounding any story that you are trying to report um, often eclipses any of the facts that you find out about right right well i don't i don't it, it, this spins into a whole, like this that take by will kane i think is a little bit ridiculous in terms of journalists do deal in i think what happens is i think journalists when you're writing for espn you're on espn tv you're writing for sports illustrated they all 100 percent deal in facts but then people go on twitter throw out opinions and maybe that's what will has the issue with but to say that Journalists aren't dealing in facts, I think, is, is a little bit of a stretch because if ESPN or SI published something that was factually wrong, we would catch hell for it. Yeah, you can, I, I'm sorry, Jimmy, I lost you for a That's second. Okay. You have to say that again. Uh, yeah, I, know, I was just saying, I, to yeah. Will's point, uh, which, yeah. I, which I think is a little bit absurd, is to say journalists don't deal in facts doesn't make sense because I think he's, he's going by Twitter. If you're 
again, on ESPN television, you're writing for ESPN.com, sportsillustrated.com. We deal in facts. If we don't, we lose our jobs, basically. So yes. to say that journalists aren't dealing in facts is absurd. He's probably, I'm sure, speaking about opinions that people throw out on Twitter, which, again, not the same thing as the real world, in my opinion. So. No, it's not. It, it, Twitter is yeah. not the real world. It is a, you know, funhouse mirror is the, my, is my favorite metaphor for what Twitter mm-hmm. is. And, uh, and, and all of us in sports media and, and in the mainstream media spend far too much time on there because, you know, most of our readers and most of our viewers and listeners, they're not on Twitter. You know, we're, yeah. we're oftentimes talking to ourselves and, and trying to make ourselves laugh uh, at, at a funny joke we tell. I mean, I often say it's like we're all trying to, you know, get a job in um, John Oliver's writer writer's room, uh, you know, with how funny we are on Twitter. And I'm guilty of it. Believe me, I, I do it too. Oh, I, I, a, yeah. We all, yeah, all of yeah, us. Yeah, I mean, we, we, all, we, yeah, we, all, we all do that. But I mean, it, it, it's it's a time suck. And I think you're right. I think, you know, to be fair to Will, he, he was referring probably more to the space he's in, the hot take people that jump to conclusions. But he said the media, I mean, the media covers a lot of ground and he made it sound as if almost everybody in the media doesn't deal in facts, which I, you know, plus I mean, what, what, what didn't the media, I mean, NASCAR came out and said there was an investigation. That's not the media's doing that's that's NASCAR coming out with a statement, but enough about that. Let's get to the decision because like I said, that topic frustrates me. Um, Speaking of Twitter, I think Twitter, I think Twitter will have a lot of fun on uh, Sunday night. This Sunday, June 28th, 9 p.m., ESPN Backstory, The Decision, which you will host. And, um, well, it's the 10-year anniversary, so I know that's the reason for doing it now. Um, I'm just curious about a couple things with the show. Is LeBron involved in the show at all? No, LeBron declined our invitation to sit down for an interview, uh, as did his business partner, Maverick Carter, as did his agent, Rich Paul. Uh, his chief of staff, Randy Mims, all four of those guys who I would have loved to have sat down and talk with, uh, not mm-hmm. just about the show, but about its legacy. Uh, right. None of those guys agreed to do it. But we did talk to people around LeBron, people in his camp, uh, people inside his inner circle. And so, uh, you know, they, they helped inform uh, the reporting uh, for sure of, of what you'll see on Sunday night. Why do you, I, I'm asking you to speculate, but why, why do you think LeBron and the people close to him passed? Are they embarrassed by it? Or do they not want to talk about it? What, what do you think is the reason there? Well, I think there's, I think there's multiple reasons, Jimmy. I think certainly it was probably the worst public moment of LeBron James's life. Um, mm-hmm. So why revisit it with an investigative reporter who's going to ask you uh, any question um, that I could think of? Um, you know, he, does, he doesn't have to do it, and he chose not to. But we make the point in the episode that LeBron now is his own storyteller. He's an executive producer of his own shows through uh, his media companies and his production companies, Spring Hill Entertainment and Uninterrupted. And two years ago on More Than an Athlete, which is on ESPN+, Plus, which LeBron sold to ESPN, he sat with those guys, uh, watched a clip of the decision, talked about it uh, very frankly uh, and uh, openly about what that experience was like for him, how horrible the experience was. So when I came calling last year to sit down with him and and the guys around him, they felt like, well, we've already done this. We already talked mm-hmm. about it on our, on our own show, on our own terms. So why should we do it? So we kind of lean into that in the episode of backstory, you know, oftentimes when people say no to you and you don't get access, it's not necessarily, well, it's most of the time, not a good thing. But in this Mm -hmm. particular case for the storytelling, Jimmy, you know, we're, we're showing that LeBron doesn't need us anymore. And a lot of star athletes don't and access 
there's less and less access to star athletes. There's less and less access to politicians and all sorts of fields and business and everything else. It's harder for journalists to get uh, people that they need to sit down with them and do interviews. And LeBron really doesn't need us anymore. Yes, he talks mm-hmm. at the locker after every game, um, but he's not sitting down, you know, doing interviews um, that he doesn't want to do anymore. And he conveniently has the mechanisms uh, to do his own stories and sell them to the multiple platforms uh, and networks that are out there vying for uh, stories that he now produces. And we and we draw the through line from the decision uh, to LeBron and uninterrupted and and his storytelling. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah, because I do feel like, listen, I feel like every single NBA fan that, you know, you hear LeBron James and you will think of the decision at some point, but I think we've, you know, Listen, time heals all. Time heals all wounds. He's won titles. He's built schools. He's become, you know, I, to me, I think the story of LeBron is just phenomenal. What he does off the court, on the court. So I think we've completely, reached the point. Completely now where, agree. By the way, Jim, I don't mean yeah. to interrupt you. Completely. No, no, agree that's okay. With you. Yeah, no, absolutely, it is, and that's another aspect of the story that people will see Sunday night is also LeBron's voice just how he has found his voice, how outspoken he is on issues, social issues, issues of race, politics. Uh, you know, he's the most outspoken and I believe most influential American athlete. And and uh, and it's a very different voice, obviously, than we heard 10 years ago when he said, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. And how that evolved, partly through these storytelling mechanisms, mechanisms that I talked about, but also um, how he's been able to do that is, is a fascinating subject. I, and I completely agree with, you know, with everything you said, for sure. You know, and uh, in looking at it, 10 million people watch the decision. So that, that's why also it's always going to be this. What I was going to say is I think Le- while anyone who ever thinks of LeBron James, the decision is there. I think it's sort of like, you know, the 15th thing on the list of things we think about with LeBron. So it would be good to see him come out and have a laugh about how ridiculous the whole thing was. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance... Stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break 
and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Tell me and the listeners, will we learn anything new? How much new stuff will we, will, will there be anything in Backstory where we're like, oh, wow, that is kind of mind-blowing? Well, I hope so. Uh, yeah. I think so. Uh, the first... Uh, segment of the show, we go into the origin story. Uh, so one of the questions I had when we decided to do this was, whose idea was this thing? Right. You know? And I right. assumed it was LeBron or Maverick Carters or you know maybe ESPN people. Uh, there was uh, some reporting that Ari Emanuel, the Hollywood agent, uh, or Jim Gray uh, had come up with the idea. Actually, the origin story has nothing to do with any of those people. And it, and it goes back much uh, uh, further than I think people know, and so I don't. I don't necessarily want to give it away, Jimmy. I want people yeah, yeah, to no, tune no. in. Yeah. But it, but it go, but it goes back to November of two thousand nine. It's a very unlikely source that had the idea, and then Bill Simmons plays a very interesting role. Uh, oh, that okay. uh, yeah, that people I don't think people realize as well that we take you through that. So the origin story is interesting. The other thing that really surprised me is David Stern. It's known that David Stern was not thrilled about. ESPN right. doing the decision, but I had John Skipper, uh, who greenlit the decision um, when he was head of content at ESPN before he became president, mm-hmm. at, t- you know, tell me on camera that uh, David Stern uh, indicated to him that he was livid about the show. And the reason why he was so mad is because it was a network giving too much control to a single player. So that surprised me and um, mm-hmm. that that was really what was um, Stern's incentive in trying to get the show killed. And of course, ESPN didn't do that, which is just in itself kind of mind boggling that, that a business partner commissioner would be sort of, um, that opinion would be discarded by the network. The other thing that I really found interesting and, and I didn't know until I did this reporting is how much tension there was. I knew about the tension at ESPN between the journalists and the entertainment side. And we do delve into that in the show, but I didn't realize Mm -hmm. the tension that existed inside LeBron's camp over whether the decision was a good idea or not. And, um, and so Leon Rose, uh, who was LeBron's agent at the time before Rich Paul took over that job in 2012 and worldwide West, who was at the time LeBron's very close advisor soured on the idea in the days leading up to the decision and were warning people, this is not a good idea. This could backfire Mm. on LeBron. And um, those warnings uh, were ignored and rejected by Maverick Carter and the other people in LeBron's camp. And so that really uh, I found interesting and, and kind of surprising. Look, Maverick Carter to be fair to him, knew this was risky. He felt it was worth the, the risks. He felt the, um, the, the, what LeBron would get out of this um, in blowing up even bigger uh, and, and, and really being a first step into this new space of potentially beginning a media company and a production company someday. Uh, that, that's, what, that's the uh, ball that Maverick had his eye on and felt it was worth the risk uh, is really interesting. And of course, just you know, as you said, what a shit show the whole thing was really could have blown up 
those guys because, you know, LeBron was a villain for a year in every NBA arena and Maverick thought he had ruined the image of his best friend. And yet it actually made those guys even closer. That's another thing I think that's really, I didn't know going into the reporting. It's funny. It's funny because, well, first of all, you sold me good because I'm, I'm curious to see the Bill Simmons angle on this and the David Stern stuff, but it's funny because the decision is what gets trashed by everyone too. But there was that just, over the top introductory it wasn't even a press conference with the heat with the with the yes. music and the, that was i mean that was really i mean the decision was sort of like you know the uh you know it's like the the you know it's like a scene from like sopranos or goodfellas where they where they kill someone and then for good measure they shoot him again about 10 times that was what that <laughs> no that, that's that a- deal was. Jimmy, that's a great point. So yeah, you have the decision. You have, I'm taking my talents to South Beach, that excruciating 28 minutes, right? All those questions by Jim Gray. Did you bring the powder? Are you a nail biter? Right? Going on and on and on. He asked 23 questions before we heard what's your decision. And so that was excruciating. And then the next night, LeBron's on stage at the American Airlines Arena, with right. with you know with with D Wade, Wade yeah and and Chris Bosh and he's saying he's asked how many championships you're going to win not one not two not three not four not five and I think nationally it was just 24 hours of what is this guy doing like he he puts together this super team rubs his hometown's noses in it the first night and then the second night is predicting with this team that he put together that he's going to just win you know every every right. year and you could see pat riley on the video as lebron <laughs> saying not five not six not seven kind of cringing like pat riley knows it ain't easy to win one you're pretty right. and you're promising right. eight, you know to the fans of miami like come on so yeah I'll, I'll, and and you know we delve into that uh the building of super teams um you know what that meant. I mean, obviously, LeBron is a trailblazer for that and the way that team was put together. Uh, but that was a big reason why there was such a backlash against LeBron, not just that now, first night, but that second night. So it's a good point. Let me put you on the spot here and ask you a little bit of a tough one. Were there any issues in doing this in terms of covering the ESPN part of this? Because you just said a minute ago about the first, you know, he, he didn't make the announcement for 28 minutes. Now, for me personally, when I hear that, to me, that's ESPN doing that. They're setting up the TV show, dragging it out, making people wait. And, you know, ESPN caught some backlash as well yes. as LeBron for the decision. Uh, was it hard to navigate sort of the ESPN angle uh, while you did backstory on this? Well, it's always challenging when you're turning the spotlight on your colleagues or your former yeah. colleagues. Uh, I had to do that uh a couple times when I was at the New York Times, it's it's always uncomfortable. Um, but I have to say that you know the the people at the network that I wanted to interview about this, you know, made themselves available. I interviewed John Skipper on camera, Keith Klinkscales, a former executive who was the point person at the network for the LeBron Group on the decision. Sat down with me. He was the first interview we did actually uh, a, a little over a year ago. Uh, and then Vince Doria, who was the head of the news division, uh, who retired in 2015, he also sat down and talked about the tensions inside the news division of trying to cover an event that the entertainment side, you know, had every interest in, in letting LeBron break the story versus the NBA insiders. So right. uh, I think we're pretty, you know, fair, but tough on ESPN. And I think that I hope that the audience will find that, um, you know, we're down the middle and, and um, the issues that occurred at that time uh, at the network um, are, you know, are covered uh, in depth. Now, I will, I will tell you, Jimmy, one disappointment was Jim Gray declined to talk with me. Um, we tried. We ran at him multiple times. I really wanted to sit down with him and, and ask him questions about those 
23 questions and the way it was handled and everything else. We have some reporting about that that we have in the show, but um, he just, he would not sit down with me, unfortunately. Did he give you a reason why he, any reason why he wouldn't sit down with you? No, you know, he didn't. He, he never responded to my reaching out to him. He did speak briefly to uh, our showrunner, Robert Abbott, a great documentary filmmaker in his own right and a co-founder of E60 uh, and just said he just didn't want anything to do with the project. Um, So, uh, so, so that's, that, that is a regret that, we, we couldn't sit down uh, with Gray and, and hear his side of the story. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up because this was going to be my last question before we wrap. I, you know, I'd love a spoiler. If you don't want to give a spoiler, I totally understand. I'm, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing the, uh, the Skipper part and, and the Vince Doria part there about how uh, this went down with ESPN News versus ESPN Entertainment. But if you can tell us, if you can't, you want to save it for Sunday, I understand. How did Jim Gray become the host? Was that LeBron's pick? Was that ESPN's pick? How did that happen? Oh, no, I don't mind. I don't mind discussing that. So this is interesting. This was uh, Maverick Carter's pick. So one of the things that we talk about in the show is this was really uh, a Maverick Carter production. The The cameras belong to ESPN. The satellite uplink did. But Maverick and and LeBron, by extension, but really Maverick was calling the shots. And Jim Gray was not wanted by ESPN. ESPN wanted one right. of its own hosts to do it, either the late, great Stuart Scott or Bob Lee. Uh, and in, instead, the uh, LeBron camp and mostly Maverick insisted it be Jim Gray. And so it was Jim Gray. So, you know, that that's kind of interesting. I mean, that, that would be that would be amazing if that happened today, because that would leak. Yes, and then you have all the people, you know, the the Richard Deitches, the Ben Strausses, the Andrew Marshans, but everyone would be ripping ESPN to shreds for letting Maverick Carter dictate who's the host of that. Sort of, probably ten years ago when social media wasn't what it is now, um, they got away with it. But that's that would right. not probably fly today. No, I, I that's that's probably true. But um, and and look, the, the interview with Skipper is quite candid. I'm I'm really proud of that interview. Uh, Skipper sat down with me and. I think is quite revealing about what the incentives and motives that ESPN had uh, to do the show. Uh, This was one hour of network time that was donated to LeBron James. Uh, The LeBron James Family Foundation made a $2 million contribution, I found, in its tax returns to the Boys and Girls Clubs of America. So ESPN Mm -hmm. made no money on that one hour. The the money that the network made was on, you know, the bumper programming, the three-hour pre-show and the two-hour post-show. Uh, and and Skipper's very open about that. I ask him in the in in the backstory episode, Jimmy, I say, did ESPN use LeBron or did LeBron use ESPN? And he said it was mutual use. And so Right, absolutely. Yeah. And and so I I just I was I was very happy to to be able to, you know, sit down with him and 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 get him to talk about what the motives, you know, what the motives were and 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 why ESPN decided to do it, including allowing the LeBron camp to pick the host that was going to ask the questions on its air. Well, that, I mean, listen, I get why, Le, you know, I, I get why ESPN did it and did it for no money, because then they are in the good graces and get access to the greatest athlete in the entire world who was the greatest athlete in the entire world 10 years ago and is today. And, you know, they, you know, when you need them to do something, then you have access to them. So I, I get it from that standpoint. Um I think though, when you you know, and you let them pick the host, that's where it, it gets a little 
dicey, but I guess you can't do the show unless he gets to pick the host. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, what you're saying about, about the access, uh, that's arguable. That's, that's not by the way, what Skipper, uh, or Kling scales or Doria well, told I'm me. I'm sure yeah, they yeah, would. Yeah. 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 No, but no, but Jimmy, no, but I know, but what I, what I wanted, what I wanted to say about that, but the, but the answer though, that Skipper does give on that, cause I asked him that question, you know, from a business standpoint, you know, why would you do this with this arrangement of donating the hour? His answer on that, I'll, I'll let viewers find out, but it's, it's quite, revealing it's it's not about right. future access uh but but more about that moment and 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 what was in it for espn at that moment gotcha i look forward to that um i look forward to the whole show backstory the decision this sunday 9 p.m espn espn's had a you know no sports it's been a documentary fest for the last couple of months here so uh i'm sure this will be a good one i'm looking forward to it thanks for coming on and uh spending a little time here i appreciate it Thank you, Jimmy. Enjoyed it. Take care. Be well. All right. My thanks to Don Van Atta. Enjoyed the conversation a lot. Looking forward, like I said, to Backstory of the Decision on Sunday night. I think that'll be a good good distraction that we all need. And, you know, we'll see what, uh, how LeBron comes off. I know people already have their mind made up about him. I think he's great. Best player. Great guy off the court. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what happens here with the decision. Interesting, though, that he won't be on it. So my thanks to Don Van Natta for this episode, past episodes, in case you've missed them in the archives. Last week, Andrew Marchand of the New York Post was on to discuss a variety of topics in sports media. Rash Markazi was also on to talk about the reopening of Las Vegas. Two weeks ago, Nate Burleson. Three weeks ago, Aaron Andrews. All in the archives, so check them out. Download and subscribe to the podcast. All right, that wraps it up for this edition. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Take care. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams. And you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance. Stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off. And everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.